This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello and welcome to the Stillness Everyday Podcast. My name is Herodotos and this podcast exists to help you find stillness in all aspects of your life, in finance, in health, in mindset, and in your relationships. I created this business because I believe that if you can develop the ability to find stillness in your mind, you will learn to create harmony in all aspects of your life. Find us at Stillness Every Day on social media or stillnesseveryday.com. A lot of people ask me how they can get started with meditating. Now, my first experience with meditation was at a Vipassana retreat, which is 10 days in silence but I understand this isn't practical for most people. That's why we created the Stillness Everyday Journal. This journal has a range of prompts which allow you to not only create your day, but reflect on your day at the end of it. The journal also has a range of audible meditations which are perfect for beginners. Check out stillnesseveryday.com. All right, welcome back to the Stillness Everyday podcast. Today I've got Jake Stone and... Jake Stone's from uh, Chess Club. He's started a, what would you call it, functional movement gym or? Yeah, just we'll call it that for now, yeah. Call Funct- it that. Functional movement gym. Yep. We're going to go over a range of things, um, touch on religio- religion and how it impacts us today, masculine, feminine energies, no doubt, and maybe talk a bit about um, how sex can impact you and have an impact on you if you're um, not, what's the word, careful with it. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to start by explaining what uh, what you're doing at Chess Club? Yeah, it's been a it's been a big big journey. I, I had the the vision of this back in 2017 when I was going through probably the the craziest time of my life. I you know drugs, alcohol, partying. Those like this is a local podcast, so a bunch of people listening to this might know fragments of my story. But yeah, I found myself in a wheelchair in 2017. Broken ankles, broken wrist, broken elbow, like borderline drug psychosis, like drinking all the time and about to do another line of MD. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like I've just done my trade and now I'm broken and in a wheelchair and this is not where I want to be. So I had this like crazy vision and wrote a mind map out about all the people that I want to work with. I actually got my sister to like birth the concept onto paper and she did this whole mind map for me and um, held that held that vision close and went through my recovery, had like a, a year period from 2017 to 2018, you know, going through lawsuits, had a car accident, had shoulder surgery, recovered from all the breaks that I was explaining before. So my body was completely broken. Like I was bent and twisted and I couldn't use my limbs and it was it was a nightmare. And so I found myself finding my feet again still holding this vision close like i started the honeymooners oh yeah yeah Yeah. so that was like my first little um aspect of that i was like if i get a space and i put music in it and art and i was like people will come and that's just i just trusted in that and i did had the less is more sort of method with it so i did less and got more and we started introducing yoga and stuff like that but it wasn't really a movement space but it, you know when people are dancing they're moving and yep. dance is like the ultimate form of exercise and expression mm. so it's funny enough there was actually a gym right next door the jungle I don't know if you remember that one in yeah. Nambour yeah, right next door to the um, honeymoon is where Soundbox is oh right yeah. so it was like yep. Soundbox was the gym and then the arcade place was honeymoon isn't it? oh I do remember now yeah yep. so the concept like was energetically existing right yeah. in front of me but I 
like you know it was it's it interesting just little things like that and then obviously yeah the covid stuff came through and then i sort of like was taking my holistic journey to another level and you know becoming more and more sober over the years you know more practices started coming in i started understanding like we'll get into it later like with religion and um just ways of being you know i know you've gone down the stoicism path and a few others like I suppose the buddhist Buddhist, yeah and you found that you know maybe this is this is too passive or this is too like too much non-doing and it's Mm -hmm. like we're not all meant to be monks and you know that like you wouldn't be able to do the things that you do if you were just like monk mode it's not it's not gonna happen right so yeah time time ticked through covid i was gonna i think it was 2021 yeah 2021 i was like gonna go just full rogue warehouse movement gym not have any like I wouldn't have had any background work like you know the bureaucracy behind owning a business as you know found some trainers and I was like yeah let's just do it let's just go hard um it was like kind of you know going to be like an underground like bloods gym like in the sense of you know we're not going to get shut down by COVID like cops and all this stuff so yeah it was a bit of a bit of a dream but then I um bumped into my business partners that I'm with now and we were just at a party and I did write um, back in 2017 that I was going to have Nurture be a part of my business. And not that I'm not that I'm a vegan or anything, but I just noticed that they were like the, one of the only businesses that were like just trying, like mm. just with some messages like that they were saying in their slogans. I'm like, all right, they're, they're talking about consciousness and being aware of like food and things like that. Mm. It was like something to do with them. And that night at the party, I, our guy said, he he's like, I'm starting this thing called Chess Club. And I somehow just like, jumped into his brain and I knew what he was talking about. I was like, oh, you're talking about like the powers that be, you know, the, the, the forces of dark and light, like masculine and feminine. I was like, you're not going to teach people how to play chess. You're trying to like re-educate people. Mm. And then he's just like, how do you know what I'm talking about? And I was like, man, I think I've had the same dream, same vision. And I showed him my mind map and he was like, well, I think this is our, our cue to start, right? Mm. And so it's, it's like... It's pretty full on if you think about it. Like I just walked into this this nice house in um, Boccarino and I was like, man, who lives here? Like what's going on? And one thing led to another. And he was he was doing Qigong actually that day as well. Like he was just standing there doing Qigong and I had a bit of social anxiety. So I like smoked a little bit of debut, like a bit of weed before this party and I was watching him and I was like, man, I don't know what he's doing, but it looks like he's directly connecting to the sun and grounding through the earth. And I was like whatever this guy's doing i need to know what it is so all these little like things popped up around it and um it's interesting to look back and connect the dots you can't do it when you're obviously looking forward but you can see how your mind created all of that and it just kept appearing in front of you and you kept taking actions towards it and the more i tried pushing it away the like you know you would you'd get redirected sickness would come in all these things it's like what are you doing like it's Mm. you hold it close to you and it just keeps unfolding and like yeah he's um I don't want to disclose too much about people's private business lives, but he, his, some of his businesses actually were in the mind map before he owned those businesses. Mm. I was like, I'd like to work with these people, these people, these people. And um, he was one of those people. So yeah. it's just one of those crazy things. And I mean, I, I like to put it down to the, the more like the body being it's an antenna that it is, you know, your bones are like, whether, whether or not you believe they're hard and fashion or not, but they're the minerals, they're the golds, the silvers, the irons, the coppers, like we you know, transmit and receive energy. And if we're thinking our thoughts, it's humming through our body. And yeah, the more you think about it, it just keeps coming in. It's like a, it's like a satellite 
dish for a TV or something. It's like <laughs> the programs just keep coming in and you just keep learning from them. So if anyone can decipher that. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So what's, what's actually going on at Chess Club? So Chess Club is now, so it's gone from like rogue sort of uh, like a Muay Thai MMA gym concept that I was like looking to partner up with like a like trainer and stuff too. Um, being a high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu dojo. So we have um, Rafael Miyashiro, who's multi-Australian openweight division, um, Gi no Gi champ, so he's awesome. And then we've got Joel Sherwell, who's a local, like a lot of people in here would know Joel. Josh has been on the podcast. And they're doing great work trying to get their gentlemen's club up and running. And this is another thing, like, mm. well, these, these men trying to do more, and they've actually got their own little subgroups happening as we all mm. brought them in. So we had sort of like a... I'm going to say underground men's group thing during all this pandemic stuff, but we, we kind of did. And then Josh was doing the gentlemen's club anyway, seg- segueing. So we've got Joel as a head mobility coach. Um, and then we've got Tropicalia, like Brazilian dancing. And mm. so we like, it's all embodiment stuff. We've got pole and aerial um, silks, but mostly it's, it's working on, you know, the posture, the rehabilitation, the grounding. Grounding is a huge thing with it as well. We take a lot of, um, Tai Chi, Qigong principles within everything that we're learning. Mm. So, yeah. So we're offering awesome. offering just reconnecting people to their body. And, you know, if they've been training like a brick for the past 10 years, every chance they think like one. And <laughs> you know how that goes. So how do you, what's your bigger vision for Chess Club? Like, and, and um, tying it into everything you embody. So Chess Club, the biggest vision for it is it's like a ship. It's like a vessel that we're sailing into there's a framework in which we operate right where you have like steiner education we have like the private schools the public schools and it's like i think the time is it's up for that stuff mm. it's like oh i go to a catholic college it's like man like binding yourself to a catholic college is binding yourself to ab- absolutely all its atrocities mm. and all its delusions and even like those alternative schools man they're still sending kids out in the playground with spf 50 sunscreen and like mm. like what are you doing <laughs> like you're, you're integrating the kid and and you're teaching him how to farm and all this but you're sticking a big broad brim hat on them and covering him in sunscreen it's like mm. do you not know the first thing about where energy comes from <laughs> like what are you doing so there's like all these faults in it and then they still have to follow the curriculum so we we want to try and sail this into a system that is ign- like and get acknowledged through it mm. and basically show that what we have is better than what they're offering. And I know that's like a big thing because there's like, we're not here targeting maths and um, the English and stuff like that, but it's more the, it's more like the, the physical side of things and there needs to be more practices in school. And I just actually left Mountain Creek State High this morning. I'm like coordinating through their, uh, um, also like overseeing and helping out with their um, Cert 3 classes. So that's the year 11s and 12s. And to be honest, man, like the people in charge have openly said this, like we, we don't really know what we're doing. Like the yeah, curriculum's right. fallen through. Like, But um, where do they get their curriculum from? Exactly. Like who are these people? Like you see these health ministers of all these countries and you see what they look like. You can only imagine the bureaucrats behind the curriculum for our public schools. Mm. And it's all, it's all a top-down thing, right? Like you, some of your teachers you look at and you're like, how do you even, how are you alive? <laughs> so, so outside, so if you're you're talking about recreating a new system in in one hand but then you're also helping infiltrate the public system do you actually feel like there's you know you're better off getting into these schools and working from the inside out yeah yeah it's like it's a 
it's like an integrative thing, right? We don't want to just abolish it because the the thing is, is the frameworks are amazing, right? Schools are awesome facilities. Like Chancellor mm. Chancellor High School is is crazy. Like the the sporting facilities that they have, and even Mountain mm. Creek and all, like a lot of these big private schools, they got like amazing facilities. It's just what they're teaching in there is dated and old, and mm. it's yeah. But I'm I'm mostly focusing on the um the the body work thing. So like yeah. what the kids are actually doing and as far as I can see, they're just sitting all day long and like and covered in sunscreen. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually, I had this thought a while ago about homeschooling and what do you think about the eight hours that you go to? Is it eight hours we go to school? I think it's six. Six. Six, is it? Six, like and a half. Nine to three. Yeah, I used to go 8.30 to three. So yeah, about six and a half. Six hours, yeah. What do you think about that? Like as a, as a um, system of daily going the same time, like so structured... Well, this is why I believe they need to break it up with actual like practices because you can learn so much. You can be so cognitive and you can absorb so much information. But if you're limited in your physical expressions, it'll drive you mad and it'll make you like you won't be multifaceted, but you need to be to accompany all that knowledge. Mm. And if it's not flowing properly through you, you can't like, and we can, we can measure this, right? We can say, oh, well, I'm, I'm so intellectual and I have a hundred million dollars in the bank, but it's like, I mean, that's good, but well, what are you doing with that money? Are you, are you like inciting change anywhere? Are you making something happen or is it just for you? Is it just for like your family and what you're doing? Are you just going to remain sick in your body? Yeah. So like there's so many people, so many different things that like they would all do with it but so it's 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 trying to bridge between the amount of stuff they're trying to ram into their head and how much they're limiting mm. their movements and their health and how much guidelines there is around it like mm. to give you an idea do you think that men and women should train the same do no i don't not at all right like they should like seriously not train the same like in any regard some exercises like i'd say women should just not do like there's no there's no real benefit unless you're trying to fortify like masculine like physique mm. traits and stuff like that and i dropped this on my first day going into the school i was like t- trying to teach this young girl i was like you know you shouldn't shouldn't try and mimic everything you're learning off instagram and everything you're seeing the guys do mm. it's like there's a whole system you have a whole entire hormonal system and like the teacher sort of look at me like fuck we don't we don't jump into that we don't talk about this and i'm like and she's looking at me like hang on what and i'm like Man, like someone's got to be done about this because if no one does it, that's just going to be like mm. another ten years will go by. And so, give me an example of something that would affect a woman if they're trying to train like a man. Well, like through their through their cycle, right? If they're going through like four different seasons, as it as it's acknowledged. If you if you have like, and I don't want to start mansplaining, <laughs> so like women about their periods, but like if you if you're like coming into your period or like during it, you shouldn't be doing like heavy lifts like especially core activation and if you're doing exercises properly your core should be engaged it should be the like the point of like engagement even when you're like moving your hands mm. so if you're putting so much load and pressure on something that that is like it needs to go through that stage and through that state and the energy needs the blood or like the water in your body it needs to be here it needs to be like cultivating this because this is like generating your whole new cycle of hormones to flood your body to regulate you know like where you store fat where you like how your body builds muscle how you're metabolizing things how your brain's working like and if that system's not on it it's just it it creates chaos and there's there's a lot of chaos in both sides of the the realm the masculine and the feminine and it's because we're stuck in these 
ideological mm. cycles that just don't don't honor anyone really mm. they're dated the point so the whole i'm sure you're probably aware the whole point of this podcast is to find stillness in every day of your life which obviously one aspect of it is learning or um your physical mm. you know your physicality day to day so that's why i asked the question so what like someone could take from it to you know maybe change up their gym regime or something yeah well you could you could honor an entire a week out of your month's training to and like you know i there's like this is another thing that we do right we someone came up with something and they called it breath work and i was like why is it, when did breath have to work you know why why isn't it like breath breath just is breath do breath be you know what i mean whether you like it or not you shouldn't have to call it work and this is how like fast spun out i reckon everyone is and they're like breath work and then everyone's a breath work champion everyone's a breath work facilitator it's like we're just funny right we just want to belong you know we so badly want to belong and fit that niche and um look i mean some some people out there are doing great things but it's like we need to understand the etymology and the energy and what we're speaking and how we're trying to teach it and what we're communicating because yeah because the 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 phonetics and the discharge of the words that we speak is so important. Like it's a whole nother rabbit hole we're going to, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're just like attaches to these things and they, I think they get lost in the meaning of it. So I'm not going to use the term breath work. I'm just going to like breathing, like specific breathing types and exercises and stuff like that, or just acknowledgements mm-hmm. and intent, like where you can put the breath in the body and knowing that like, if you spent a week targeting like specific joints and systems in your body through breath, I mean, that's going to, prep you for that next week of training so much yeah, it's right. going to help you when you want to start building the strength and maybe maybe like losing a bit of weight or whatever whatever your goals are right so would you say to kind of breathe into your root chakra if you were going through yeah yeah like, party cycle yeah you could you definitely want to be sending a lot of um energy into the deepest party like your pelvic floor yeah a lot of breath um but there's like when yeah. you do this breath let's just touch on that because when I do something like that, I'll focus my attention on the area and then breathe to it. And actually, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can't actually breathe to the area, can you? But you're breathing the energy to the area. I don't know. Hey, I feel like sometimes I feel like there's a little thing inflating. <laughs> like, and yeah. I've, I've only sort of gotten down to like my deepest, like part of my core into like my pelvic floor. But sometimes I mean, I'm feeling an expansion of space and that's taken years to like even develop in one area. And, I know, like, before I used to go to bed when I was a kid, my mum would always tell me to, like, breathe into my toes and start there and then feel when that expands and then work your way up because you used to have trouble breathing from, like, be scared of dying and stuff when I was a kid, so, like, all sorts of traumas. But, um, yeah, so I guess I've been practicing it for a while, but, yeah, you eventually start to feel that expansion. And it's like Mm. like a little microcosmic expansion, but it's still felt. So, yeah, like... Why were you scared of dying? (laughs) <laughs> I was just scared of dying. I think it's because um, my uh, my grandfather had a pretty horrific death on his um, he was like a all Australian cowboy out in the rural college in Northern Territory and had a horrible death and I think that just scarred me. Hey, how old were you? I was like six. Yeah, right. Because I had a similar experience. It was my second cousin or something, but we were in Cyprus and he died of cancer. But we were kind of real close with him for the few months we were living there. And I think that actually rippled down to I didn't deal with it till I was like doing Vipassana. Yeah, I was right. super scared of death. I used to ask my grandparents, I'm like, you know, 
you're getting old, like you're scared of dying, like all those sort of questions when I was yeah. young. Man, I was having panic attacks. Like I'd be laying in bed and like heart start beating like crazy and I'd have to run to my mom. Like, and I'm like, when am I going to die? It's <laughs> just like, how do I explain this to a kid? So, so yeah, I mean like, and that's, and that's another thing of saying like, you know, you, you, you don't go tell a kid to go do some breath work mm. if they're like freaking out. You're just like, what sensations are you feeling? Because they're, they're going to try and conceptualize work and mm. breathing. They're going to be like, what? And I think people aren't, I don't think they can understand it that well either. They'll just say it. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, and then they think they have to do the work again. And then yeah. everyone's doing the work. I heard a practitioner say that <laughs> breath, I think she, I think I remember it was a she or a he, but they explained it as, it is work, so you've got to, like, put in the effort now. And I actually, you know, I agreed with it. I was like, yeah, whatever. I understand it's work. But I've never looked at breathing as work. When I've done my breath work, it's no kind way. of, yeah. it's almost the opposite. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, you get to take a break. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's full smoker. <laughs> it's, yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's interesting because I haven't, yeah, I haven't really thought much about it since I just took their word for it and said, oh, yeah, I guess breath work is work because it's a lot of, effort but and that's like saying as soon as you're born you you, you had to work i mean maybe breath can be play as well because when you know mm. when you're a baby and you're a kid you gotta you gotta play you know you're playing more than you're working so is your mm. breath working then or? i actually do play with breath like when i'm say like inhaling and then exhaling at a certain speed and then mm. inhaling a different speed or holding like it is play yeah 100 yeah, percent. and then it, you you do a bit of grappling jujitsu as well and you know that like you really need to play with your breath then and that's mm. a real it's an objective way of measuring it too mm. so it's like i think it's one of the things that you shouldn't be doing so much like thinking that you're doing work with you should just be like understanding it more mm. yeah, anyway that's a let's touch on jujitsu because i feel like you get injured a lot there injured a lot yeah <laughs> me no not you just in general oh. at jujitsu yeah so yeah is, do you think that having all the other functional training in would act would assist with it yeah, so we, we do like FRC training, like Joel's an FRC certified coach and um, I'm just doing all my functional pattern stuff and and this stuff is good, like it's all joint specific, gait pattern specific, um, all longevity. So we we truly believe that we're we're building a system that yeah, it like it well they both statistically have proven to decrease injuries and prolong yeah. like like you know recovery rate uh, decrease recovery rates and yeah obviously blood flow it's 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 increase your recovery rate increase your recovery rate decrease yeah. the time decrease the time is what yeah. i was getting at yeah so with all that sort of training yeah and like the people we're learning it off have done have done the work for us and we thank them for that like mm-hmm. so and we're just embodying it now and i know with myself like i mean i've gone from this shoulder like recurrent dislocation probably like 80 times and then i end up getting surgery and yeah, I mean, going from not being able to do anything, like I'd fall out of my sleep to, you know, competing um, in jujitsu comps and, you know, rolling with some, some of the toughest guys out on the coast. It's like, man, like relative to my experience, that's huge. Mm. Like that's massive. And not only that, like significant strength. Mm. Like, yeah, it just, it's a whole nother realm of strength. We've got like local people like Nick Tim on the sunny coast. Like, you know, these people are just like, <laughs> just on another level of strength because of this joint specific training. Yeah, right. And then that translates to your stability and your control and everything. Mm. Um, yeah, the recovery is a big thing, especially for those people doing jujitsu out there. You know that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, just constantly injured. Always sore, yeah. <laughs> but this stuff makes you just like muscle dom soreness. If you're doing the joint work, then you should be pretty sweet. You're just yeah, going to cool. be a bit bruised. I want to go back to when you mentioned um, we were talking about Catholic schools 
Yeah. You said something about getting stuck into that the system of yeah. you know, the good and bad from Yeah, well I I I believe heavily in like, you know, you say things, you speak things, in some regards you're energetically bound to those things, you know, like that's why they still make you put your hand on the Bible um in court and you're under oath. You 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 are under some energetic spell. Like mm. whether you sort of like it or not, like you speak the thing, it becomes. Mm. And I actually recently went to the Freemasons. <laughs> I'm going to get like a red dot on my head as I walk out of here. I went to the Freemason place up in Yandina just because I was like, man, like, what is this? And he openly told me, he's like, yeah, every politician, every, all the people are all Freemasons. And I'm like, right, well then, like, what is this? <laughs> and they're like, mm. we'd, we can't tell you, we'd love for you to join, but we can only, we have to hear it from you. So you have to show the interest. And that's the interesting thing I noticed. He's like, we won't say we would love to. He's like, you'd make a great Freemason, but I'm not telling you to join. Mm. You have to energetically say you want to and invest that time. And then when you do that, you got to do the ritual. you got to do the oath. And I'm mm. sitting there going, you know, I could, I could lie through my teeth and bu- like bullshit my way through that and just to see what's like on the inside. I went and checked in with one of my business partners and he was like, man, what you bind yourself to energetically is like way more powerful than you realize. So, mm. 100%. You think about it in like these churches and stuff, they're, they've got like these perfect geometric frequency resonating buildings and they're chanting frequencies and hymns and songs mm. and it's just like instilling word after word and you know they, they have their herbs and their sages and all the things that um, you know affect parts of the mind and open up receptors. It's like, it's like being... It's like being on drugs and alcohol and going to the club and listening to Kesha and wondering why you behave like Kesha in our songs. <laughs> it's probably more when we would have gone out back when yeah, we were like 18, but you know what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. what better way to brainwash somebody than to fill their head with wine and herbs and preach the fear of the devil into them. So it's like, you're, you're binding yourself into these narratives and you're being like, they reckon like 95% of people, if you put a gun to their head, would start praying. Yeah. Even if they weren't religious, like because it's so maybe not now, maybe now in the past like ten years or so, these kids growing up with like Instagram as their god, like they mm-hmm. probably just like throw their vape at you, or something. <laughs> something weird. So probably wh- have a gun. What do you What do you think about the devil? Explain. It. What's your opinion on that? Um, I think the devil. It's like it's all flipped. So they say Satan. Satan is like from the term Saturn, and Saturn is is the is a symbology of like harvest. So the cycle of death and rebirth kind of thing. So it's, it's also like through death and rebirth, you get to become bigger, stronger, wiser and greater. So when, when you're, when you've built yourself up to be who you think you are and what you know, you have to embody the aspect of Satan or the Saturn or the, the cycle. So it's, it's, it's the etymology, which is like the understanding of the words that you're speaking, not just the devil is a red horn guy with a pitchfork. That's, that's the devil that made generations that couldn't access much knowledge, give the money and the taxes to the power it be. That's the, you know, if you don't do this, you're on your own and you're going to hell kind of thing. So, and then you ask like, can a soul burn? And it's like, no. Then it was like, well, why are you going to burn in hell? Mm. And then it's like, how do you, like, it's the whole, none, none of it checks out with itself. So the devil is like, the devil is, it's a representation of light and knowing. And I think it is just, it's been, the devil itself has just been stolen because isn't devil backwards like lived? Probably. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's a lived experience. It's the, 
flow of life and then God it would be like I mean God would be the, the knowing field it's like where do your thoughts come from right it's like it's it's just relived experience and expressions of everyone else around you like yeah. so that maybe the, the, the knowing field is God and the devil might be you know the cycles in which we acknowledge and repeat through and grow from as well do you believe we're all connected in some way yeah yeah well we're all, mag- all it's a magnetic electro realm and we're like these beings that have charge and if once we're, if we're all standing barefoot we're all connected and this is like when i started going down the rabbit hole of tai chi and you watch all those videos and they're throwing people across the room like 10 meters and you're like whatever and then you get thrown <laughs> across the room and all your energy and all your strength has been drained out of you in a split second and You've got a 65 kilo, like 70 year old dude just launching you. You're like, all right, something's happening here. And when he explains, he's pulling the weight of you through the earth and pushing it back into you. You start to question, well, what's going on? How are you doing that? Mm. There's more. There's no characters. Like, there's no guy with a beard and guy with red horns. There's like, there's light energy. There's dark energy. There's like, I believe like evil and the devil never truly existed in the darkness. It was just created. It's just a f- mm. story to spin us out of what is. We're kind of going across it. So what about Christ? Christ? Christ is... Um, Did Jesus exist in your opinion? I think the whole thing of the Bible is a story of an internal alchemical process that our body goes through. And it's whether it's bonding with the opposite sex or it's like again acknowledging a a lot of the information is left out for women it's all very masculine based Mm. so they say christ is um oil that's secreted in the mind travels down in your nervous system into your solar plexus into your um endocrine like your reproductive system and they say yeah they say it's a it's like a secretion of oil so christos is anointed in greek isn't it you're Greek. Yeah, <laughs> so Christ, Christos is like... It, it's Christos is around... Uh, what is it? I actually do know, but now I'm on the spot. It's, a, you have it, it's at Easter. Christos. Christos and Esti is like Happy Easter. Yeah. So you say you're saying that. Yeah. But Christos, it's like happy... I think it translates like happy, like anointing. So it's a ceremony, right? Well, yeah, I don't know what anointing means. Anointing is like to, to coat something in oil. Right. Yeah. Well, so. Yeah, it makes sense. And... I mean, like I could, I could go down a, a rabbit hole with like this sort of stuff and all its meanings. If if we really want to, I can give a quick rundown. It's like we we could agree that we live in a very masculine based society, right? Mm-hmm. Where it just honors that. None, you, you know, you talk about this all the time. So you believe women shouldn't be stuck in this masculine work cycle because it mm-hmm. just doesn't work. So the whole layer of our society is fabricated upon, especially Western, is Judean Christian religious law, mm-hmm. and it has been selectively put together to give powers a be a power and that's generally groups of men and so when you say christ it's it means to anoint so like it's a phallic worship cult then you could say that right so it's like it's like a religious body text all the feminine stuff's been stripped it's only to suit men so that you mm. can say that that is literally like phallic penis worship cult and so it's the idea is to like anoint the penis for penetration to create life right the build-up of sexual energy the charge the release 
it's it's twisted it's weird it sounds creepy but that's that's like the energy you're carrying when you're speaking these things and people don't want to look at that when they're when they're in the cult right they don't yeah. want to look at it they want to just and it's it's crazy how it hijacked it gets because they'll be the the nicest family on the street and beautiful people but they're yeah. giving 20% of their paycheck to the the church yeah and they're sold and then bought into this story it's like fuck what's going on and then Christ as well is represented of like, um, yeah, the oil that's secreting in your mind. And when you charge that oil and it drips down, you give it its intent. And then that, if you drink, it changes the viscosity of the oil. So it doesn't allow it to rise back up and it stores and it, like it stays down here. Drink. Like yeah. alcohol. So alcohol yeah, yeah. destroys the spirit, they say, energetically, but it actually changes the viscosity of oils. And so when this oil is produced and you're drinking and you're poisoning yourself and you're not honoring the cycles in which we have as like men and women, but this is specifically towards men, you destroy the, so sperm is life force to create life, right? Mm. And when you absorb it and you've created this alchemical process, you can make, the intent of sperm is baby mm. life. So you can cultivate that intent within and then it'll fractal through your body and you can like imprint a whole new layer of you through mm. honoring this cycle. It's a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I've just like really been diving in the rabbit hole of like understanding how it all works, but mm. it is, it is true. It is anatomically real stuff. There's secreting oil that comes from, I believe it's the pineal gland. And yeah. It, so talking, yeah. so having done 300 days of semen retention, yeah. how would that have affected my body? So when you retain for that long through that many cycles, I believe it charges it charges you up so much, and I know you yourself with like your, your ability for creation and all these things. Not everyone's the same, right? And you can't say everyone's equal. But so you've got powerful intent, powerful ability to create all these things. You you therefore have the power to attract, and like you know, it's more more often than you hear it or not. People that retain this long women that like even engage with them will experience orgasms and all mm. sorts of things. And it's kind of like a phenomenon really, but mm. it's just the, the, the magnetic masculine energy mm. and you've, you've charged it up so many times and you're taking other people's and not only are you taking it, you're absorbing it like into you. And I feel like you would have experienced some layers of chaos within this. Like, yes, yeah. you felt charged and strong and, and I honor the the fact that you're even able to do it. Like it's pretty impressive, mm. but I, I think it was a learning thing for you and I don't believe you would necessarily routinely go back to doing it. I don't know about that long. I would like to go. I think the 90 days is, yeah. there's something about that, like a 90 to 150 around that period. I noticed a lot like my life, yeah. just the power to create, like you said, yeah. and the energy. Was yeah. just like you couldn't explain it, but yeah, the attracting chaos in my life, which I think I, you know, I touched on yesterday. I made a little video on the people that you have in your life and how you, Mitch was Mitch taught me this. Like if you, if I connect with you and you're a chaotic person, then that will ripple through the rest of my life, yeah. and I think that would magnify absolutely. So, yeah, your ability to create is like huge, but then your resources that you're pulling from are chaos. So then you've got you're trying to build this skyscraper. And you got like bamboo front foundations. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, that thing ain't going to do anything. So you have to be extremely careful when you're practicing that. Yes. Would you say? Yeah. And then, so we've just spoken about the understanding, 
um, and the foundations of something that can happen within the body. Mm. And so now we need to understand how important it is in the foundations of the words that we speak because mm. they carry that energy too. So if you have no understanding and foundational knowledge of the thing you're creating with your voice, what are you building and what are you buying into? And mm. it's just something that's overlooked. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, English is, is you know, is a messed up language. It's only good for describing something that's, you know, flat and white and square and long rather mm. than like, you know, some Latin. I'm not saying Latin's like the answer, but there's a lot of lost languages, a lot of lost ancient Celtic language as well, where you have one phrase that encompasses an entire state of mm. being and, and knowing. And it, it's just it's stuff we we just don't even know. We don't even know anymore. But that's but what we can do is just be aware of what we're saying now mm. and realize that it's quite quite the same thing. If you don't have an understanding of what you're speaking, then you probably don't have an understanding of a lot going on in your life. <laughs> I was I don't want to touch on this, um, but I think I've had this thought in the past as to how much our language has been, you know, like the English controlled. Mm. the earth for a long time um great britain and then it's like how much did they manipulate the language they were then imprinting on the next colony to keep them in a state of you know like you're saying um if the language is basic and it influences your life could they have used that like it's a yeah it creates a a like a like a black magic sort of it's a dangerous echo chamber of, of vibrational frequencies bouncing around so a lot of our words are like lots of like like hisses like s and a's and and like ah and ooh which is like quite a contrast of low vibrational um language and not saying that like well high vibes only like it's not that it's like mm. it's acknowledging the whole flow of it because we need the deep deep mm. resonance but we also need the high frequencies to like mm. to give a contrast right and color operates in this as well when you speak you're stimulating parts of the body you're you know, you, you know, someone that's like so vibrant all the time and they speak, you know, they speak kind and, and they're empowering for others and all these things. You notice that they have like big, bright eyes always. It's like mm. the water molecules in their body are just constantly being charged. Mm. Obviously, if they're doing other things to look after them. So I'm sure you could think of like mm. a few people right now who are like, oh, yeah, they always, they're spitting good stuff always and they're... Mm. they're the whites of their eyes are as white as I've ever seen kind of thing. You know what I mean? So we're all, we're all heavily influenced by sound frequencies. And I mean, we know this, like sound bowl therapy is like growing crazy and ultraviolet light. It's like, it's all sound, sound waves and light waves. So it's true. When we have this suppressed suppression of expression through the English language, we are just in this echo chamber vortex of, of it's just an echo chamber vortex just perpetuating nothing like i shouldn't say nothingness because you can get your point across and you can say beautiful things but you can also just be blindly saying a lots of poisonous things like for instance breath work like i'm i'm so many people gonna be like this guy's an idiot but it's like think about what you're saying Mm. how many people say oh you know if you're happy you don't have to work a day in your life it's like Mm. Well, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so let's go back to the semen retention. On the contrary, if you are someone who ejaculates every day, how does that then impact you as a magnet? Well, you got to look at why, right? So you're seeking a dopamine release. You're, I mean, you could have, it depends how old you are. It depends what you're doing. And like, I think we, we as humans always want to, are coming back to that first thing of touch and connection. And, if you're masturbating every day, 
I strongly recommend, and as Rod would agree, to stop. To stop doing that and find a substitute. And what's the first thing you can think of that like would make you more aware of what you're actually doing? Mm. And, and know the amount of energy used to keep creating that. Like keep creating sperm and like whatever it is that you're doing and watching and and if you're watching porn and stuff like that, I mean I'm sure you know we all know by now that like we can't be watching this stuff. We can't. Mm. It's not doing anything good for us. And if you are, I'd I'd like for you to reach out if you want to personally like know some more stuff. Yeah, reach out um, mm. on Instagram or something like that, and we can just open up the conversation. Because yeah, uh, are you comfortable with uh, making a comment about even just sleeping around? Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. So. I will be honest, like, through my journey, like, I've, from the age of 14, like, not understood, so I can't, I can't take full responsibility of, like, me poisoning myself, but, you know, I didn't understand the, the power and the magnetism that you have and how you're meant to honour it, being a man, and in your sex life, too, and how you are the, you know, you you set the stage for what, what happens, and you should, you know, should be able to have the control of not just mindlessly sleeping and seeking that dopamine. And and to be honest, a lot of it is, yeah, like I said, we're all coming back to that touch. We all want to be seen, heard, and loved. And if you're not, if you're failing in other areas in which a lot of young men are, you know, they're not, they're not truly seen and heard by their parents. They always, they, you know, they're hiding things from all sorts of different people in their life and they can't, they're not free to express. Plus they're probably, they could be drinking, they could be smoking, they could be doing all these things, eating poorly. But yeah, so, it all it all it all comes together in in why why like we do that so i speak from my experience like everything i just said then is um like when i was going through my worst that's all the things that i was doing and i wasn't honoring any part of it and i was just looking like i either like take all these drugs to feel this feeling or i can sleep with someone and then i got to the point where i was like sober and then it, the sex and the promiscuous part of me played up more and more and it was it was taxing man it was not it's not okay <laughs> It's really not okay. I destroyed. I destroyed myself. I was constantly giving myself to people and taking as well. Like you know, knowing that like you, mm. you know you're a man. You're you're magnetic in that feminine presence, and it's not right. It's not. Good. Do you reckon that you would you connect with all those people energetically for like yeah. afterwards? Me, me, myself. Like I'm I'm a I'm a caring sort of person by nature. So even if it's like it's, I know it's like some one night stand or something like that. So much of me actually genuinely cares about that person, but I have no instruction or no method to how to cater to the modern twenty-something-year-old like PR woman because I've there's no framework for them to operate. There's no right to womanhood. There's no right to manhood. We're just we're just all operating out of this unconscious fear of like not being able to connect and not being able to receive love. So they're all sort of delusional parts of that yeah but it in in long and short it did 100 percent damage me but going through it like it made me so much more aware and like hopefully one day i can just start teaching those who are interested well not teaching just showing just showing mm. sharing mm. telling a story but yeah is there anything specifically i just had a weird on? flashback to um <laughs> to Glenfield yeah yeah and I remember there was a guy who you were telling it was like you were telling me like it was you were young I think you were like 16 you were telling me 
some guy who's mates with your sister or something who'd slept with so many like it was and you're like bra- it was almost like you were bragging on his behalf yeah 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 that's it. which like, probably you probably looked up to and then went and followed down that path until you had to realize yourself yeah so i would have I wouldn't have necessarily looked up to and thought maybe, oh, this guy's that cool as, but I would have, because I'm so disconnected from the magic and the chemical processes with sex, I was like, it's a fun thing that makes you feel fucking good. Mm. So I was like, you know, it's like, if you're surfing, it's like, oh, my mate called the best wave kind of thing or the most waves or something Mm. like that. It's sort of playing into that part of you where it's not meant to, it's meant to like, Mm be the grounding human experience part of you not just some like fun thing that you get to like keep ticking off the list every every (laughs) night of the week or every weekend however like deep you are in your sex addiction so yeah (laughs) sex addiction is probably i i mean i think it's one of the bigger concerns because it's the most powerful energy you have Mm. and if all of that energy is being directed into like all of your life your whole life is getting directed into that it's getting directed into, like, as a man, into, like, depending on your sexual preference, but if you're heterosexual, like, you're also sleeping with probably a lot of women that are on um, hormone, like, blockers or whatever they're called, um, the pill. Mm. Yeah, so you're like, is that even is that even a human operating system <laughs> if it's got a controlled mm. pharmaceutical thing? It's like, you know, it, it changes women's sense of smell and their, there's, like, the desire that they have for the right man. Isn't, there's studies yeah. about that. It can make them choose the mm. absolute wrong person. Well, there's a lot of... They come off the bill and they break up. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. All right. So like I said before, we want uh, practical advice for people listening. Or yep. So what would you, Jake Stone, currently today, say to Jake going through this sexual addiction you had? <laughs> it's like all reduced back down to my promiscuous ways in my teens. Um, <laughs> I, it would be hard to talk to, to me and it would be hard to try and tell me what to do. I mean, you knew me when I was younger too. It was like, I was receptive to my mates and stuff like that, but something carrying like such truth and knowledge would be, would be hard for me to like conceptualize because mm. I was just having a lived experience every day. I was no, like not thinking about the future, not thinking about what things were. Mm. I would say, Oh man, I, I, I wouldn't even be able to touch on it to be honest. Cause I know I just, I would try and show, I would show actually, I would show myself that there is more. I wouldn't, and I would just, honestly, I'd bring myself into like a, a martial arts gym or something like that mm. and just show that, you know, how big and great you think you are with all this testosterone running through you that like you haven't cultivated anything mm. and you are a boy and you need to like, you need to cultivate it. So I think without, again, just ramming it into like the head telling you what you need to do, maybe like, mm. I'd show them, I'd show them a practice and a path. And that's, I mean, now I've got this gym and this space. It's like, I've kind of just, this is the idea. You know, yeah. I'd spent this morning with the, the kids at school and I was just talking to this one student, this um, 16-year-old boy this whole time because he was injured and yeah. just seeing where they're at, you know, like, and I know that I'm, you know, I had to instruct like the the warm-up session and even telling him to go through the warm-ups, you know, like if you're not connecting with them, they don't want to know about it. If they don't see a purpose in it, they don't want to. They don't want to hear it from you. So, mm. you, I'm thinking, all right, I will start to show show what I can do, express like how I am, and then mm. lead by example. Monkey see, monkey do. I liked what you said. You said show a path. You didn't say show the path or the way. So it's like yeah. my way is not the highway. But I like. I think trying different things because there's a million different yeah. ways you can do it, and I agree. It's hard to tell 
it would have been hard to tell me. Like, my dad probably tried to tell me back in those days. Yeah, imagine trying to tell us to <laughs> yeah, it's like, stop doing all that shit that we're doing. Yeah. But I think having been through that, you can now talk from experience. Yeah. Whereas someone who's never been through a sexual addiction sleeping with hundreds of women, it's like you can't just say that. I'm not saying if that's what... I'm, I don't know if you have or haven't, but if if you haven't tried MDMA, it's hard to say don't do MDMA. Exactly. If you haven't drank alcohol and you've yeah. been I would a say, nun your whole life, it's hard to say stop drinking alcohol, it's bad for you. Yes, I, I would say, I mean, the, the sex part isn't the only thing, but taking copious amounts of drugs and alcohol does affect the system just as much. But like, mm. that's an external sex is like, sex is you, you know what I mean? You're not bringing something else into the equation. So I guess it's, I guess it's more, like it's stronger, but there's been many journeys, you know, with, with drugs, with... um the drugs and alcohol and sex, basically. Like, I guess that's the main sort of things that mm. people go through. So, mm. yeah, I've lived, lived experiences through all of those into their mm. points of psychosis, essentially. So, yeah, it is hard. It's hard to, like, say unless you, unless you can truly relate from the pain. And I think some people can feel it, too. Mm. Like, yeah, they can feel what you've gone through. I think, sorry, I got lost thinking about the... Um what I would say to my younger self. I think yeah. it's because I was thinking about there's like, there's a um, homeless guy who's been just doing some work for us. I mean, he's recovering from being homeless and ice yeah. addict and stuff. But you see the people that he come, that come past him and kind of talk to him. And it's like, I've never been an ice addict. So it's pretty simple for me to say, mm. well, that I have said it, stop smoking crack. But it's like, you can't until, because one of my mates that was, getting them to do the work he's like oh, i've got this guy who'll be really good at looking after you know these people managing these crackheads basically yeah right and he's like because he's a crackhead himself ex-crackhead or current oh, he said he's a functioning crackhead <laughs> which i don't think is a thing well, but the I, fact that he can he, yeah. i feel like you can you can relate to the or the people can relate back to you like those people wouldn't probably listen to me as much as he knows how to deal with their you know what i'm getting at ticks and yeah. stuff like that yeah i've got a good good primary school friend who um was addicted to meth for like five years and now he's been five years completely sober and yeah it's a it's an interesting thing that meth that meth path hey like you to talk from experience you've lost your your true sense of self in that experience and you can always see you can always see there is an essence of like soul mm. taken out of heavy heavy meth abuse because mm. it does fry off the parts of the brain and after like being connected to a few more people like within like the high up health industries and stuff like that, you, you do realize that there's actually a lot of, you say the word functioning mm. methamphetamine use, like a lot of doctors, man, a lot of neuros, neuroscientists, neurologists, like it's weird. It's mm. strange. And then they're, they're like, I've heard it come out of their mouths and they're current practitioners of it. And you're like, mm. all right, like, you yeah. know, obviously in trust, I'm not going to drop names and stuff like that, but you know, they're not the only ones. So, mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting realm. Everyone's going through there. Like, just because you make it to a certain status in financial wealth, and by no means have you learnt all of this along the way. No, so. 100%. And that's why, I guess, with everything we're doing, we're like, at least if one thing, have some intention in how you move and operate mm. your body and just come back to that. You could make, you could become the leader of the world mm. and just least you can come back to you and know that like you're grounded and solid into you or you could be nothing and have no like you know have nothing and still find the practice within you mm. to make you you know your heart still beats life still goes you can mm. 
flow with it. And I think you said earlier on the podcast, we'll wrap it up with this, the when you make the money, what are you doing with it? And I think when you start to embody a conscious life throughout all aspects of it, yeah. it doesn't matter if you have money or not, but when you get that money, you'll consciously, you'll be consciously spending it and you'll, it'll mm. be reflective of what's inside you. Yeah. So that's yeah. how you start to change the world. Yeah, literally. It just needs one generation because you can forget the world in one generation and you can change it in one generation. It's, yeah, so. It's optimistic. Hey, you're optimistic. Yeah, it's, they, they, it's like borders between <laughs> whether it's it optimism and being a psychopath. Apparently, <laughs> in, in medical studies, it's like if you have, if your dreams are so large and elaborate and huge, your um, they'll they'll start being like always showing psychopathic tendencies. Mm-hmm. When you're a kid, it's like the world is yours. Like dream and dream as big as you can and have what you mm. create anything you want and. You literally get labelled as a psychopath if that's what you start telling your therapist. Like, I think because the everyone operates with such fear that they believe it's not possible. But there's people, you know, obviously people have differing opinions of Elon Musk. But mm. there's no doubt there's the creation, like the amount of companies that some people can oh, yeah. create and create and yeah. create, um, that most would say is impossible. So, and, and most people wouldn't be able to operate under the layers of pressure that someone like that operates out of. Yeah, like no to deal with. Millions and millions, billions of people knowing who you are, and maybe a billion of those people having negative thoughts towards you. That's fucking. That's that would be full on. Look at Elon's health, man. He's he looks pretty unhealthy. He's competent. Yeah, yeah a lot of people will sit there on their couch and say, "Oh, whatever they want, right?" Yeah, yeah. Say they how they could handle it, but you know. Anyway, thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, bro. Well, it was a great conversation. Was it? I look Hopefully forward bye. to seeing it's where good. Chess Club goes in the future. Yeah, hopefully we can get back here and go again. Actually, wait, before we finish, yeah. give me your manifestation for 10 years, what ten. you can see in Chess Club. 10 years. Just so I can call, call you out in a few years. In yeah, yeah, years. no, yeah. Well, so 10 years, more facilities, facilities in most places, um, getting approved into curriculum and infrastructure and, and bringing a whole new realm of like psychology, physiology and philosophy into children's lives. Yeah. And I, I think if you're not, if if you want to understand the heart of masculinity, that's the, that's the generation of life, right? As in like creation of life, because doing is the masculine, right? And being created is a form of doing. And so, if you're creating children into this new world with new thoughts, it's a whole process of doing. So, like the most masculine thing you could do is to protect and. Like protect children, I guess. Protect in the sense of like giving them the tools to become healthy and capable humans. Yep. I don't know if that's an opinion. I'd believe that to be like energetically true. But correct me if I'm. It's wrong. true for you. It's true for me. So it's true. It's true. All right. No Thanks for coming on. Cheers. <laughs>